My name is Les, and then today in the studio we got Finsta, you, Neil, What's up, Brandon, you, and um, there's a lot of things to talk about today. Um, we're gonna kick things off on the political side, um, right. and just uh, kind of let you guys know what's on our, our hearts and minds, and kind of share with you guys some of the things that we've been discussing via our group thread and things like that. And I'm hoping that uh, when this is all said and done that we can, you know, have a ultimate agreement to some resolution that needs to be taking place politically. I uh, gotta go to the polls. And uh, with that being said, um, I saw that uh, on the news that the uh, homegoing memorial for George Floyd's uh, is, I think it's beginning uh yesterday and then the state of Minnesota paid their respects uh, and then I think Al Sharpton's going to be doing the eulogy uh, or did the eulogy um, yesterday, I think. yeah and um, in addition to that I think Saturday um, the family is going to Saturday family and friends will get to say their goodbyes <laughs> sorry about that yeah that's life right there the future <laughs> uh, Saturday, the family and friends that get to say their goodbyes uh, in Georgia's home state in North Carolina. And then from that point on, I think the viewing, the funeral, and the burial uh, will take place uh, in Houston on Monday and Tuesday. So uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. I'm sure you are. But his autopsy revealed that he uh, did test positive for coronavirus. It has nothing uh, to do with anything with somebody's knee in your neck. Right. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. The autopsy also revealed that he died of asphyxiation. So yeah, like all kind of other stuff too, like what fentanyl and and you know menthols and air and water. You know, probably some cholesterol too. <laughs> all of which you can live with if you're not getting your neck kneed on by a probably 200 pound man. Easy. But you gotta we gotta remember it was more than just that one dude. Mm, yeah. It was three dudes kneeling on his once. There's one dude on his neck, and then the other two dudes is on his body. Mm-hmm. A lot of trauma so, there. So roughly 800 pounds of pressure, 800 plus pounds, almost a ton. Man. Oh, pressure on, him, on one man. Yeah. For eight I minutes the, almost. Uh, I saw the police report. There are people sitting out there saying, like, basically, it, wasn't, um, it doesn't prove that he was asphyxiated. But what the issue is that I saw from the police report is that before, like, they were on his neck for eight minutes. After six minutes, they checked the pulse. There was no pulse. But they did not get off of it. Right. And that's the issue. I mean, my issue is they shouldn't have been on his neck in the first place, right? I mean, none of, uh, yeah, he just shouldn't have been on his neck in the first place. Plain and simple. I mean, you know, we can talk around it all day, but don't put your don't put your knee on people's neck. Right. Like there, there's arteries there that could kill you. That could kill a person. Oh, you know, no. It's a better way to police. And they did not police well. Not at all. There there is a better way. That was horribly done. But to me, and I'm not trying to be facetious. Stuff goes down when you the police, you try to subdue somebody. I get that. Yeah. Eight minutes is an issue. Mm-hmm. Like I do Brazilian, I do judo, and so like you could you could choke somebody out in twenty seconds. So if they if he had his knee on his neck for like 
10, 15 seconds, maybe even a minute, and then move. Right. I don't think we're in this position. Yeah, that, that seems reasonable to some degree, yeah. You just chilling on somebody's neck for eight minutes with your hands in your pockets. Applying Ooh. pressure. Applying That's pressure. You know, and you know what? The one thing that nobody really noticed at the well, at the the beginning of the whole issue was is once the ambulance showed up, they went over there and and looked at him, kind of, kind of like I don't even think they even checked his pulse, and then incorrectly put him in to the ambulance. And the, the the bold, which nobody paid attention to, I don't think at the beginning, and let, oh, I think that lady that was out there who said that she was a first responder, uh, said that when it pulled up, more cops came out. So it was never a paramedic, somebody that actually could check his pulse, could pull out a defibrillator if he was unconscious or anything. They just picked his body up, the two cops in brown picked his body up, put him on a stretcher, and put him in, and then drove off. So, to me, when that happened, that, to me, it was like, oh, he was already, they knew he was dead, and the paramedics would have automatically called him, they would have called the time of death on the scene, which would have exploded even more, but they tried to, I guess, uh, almost make it look like, oh, well, here are the paramedics now. No, these are cops. These are cops. And I was like, yo, anybody tripping off that these are cops? The whole time these cops coming out here, but it's nobody from paramedics? Because what what's what's the first thing the paramedic do when they come over there? Check the pulse. Uh-huh. They got the, and they got the bag. They didn't come over there with a bag. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. It was almost as bad as Mike, uh, Mike Brown situation. Actually, it was just as bad. Only different was he died slower. No, who's to say that, though? That was the part that bothered me a lot. The sheer lack of empathy. Yep. I mean, to me, that's the biggest issue. Would you want somebody treated in that way that you love? Negatory. They treat their dogs better than they treat us. I mean, you see situations where if a police dog is injured in any kind of way when they're pursuing the subject, they want to they beat his tail. Find out if not kill him because they love that dog so much. It's like, I get it. Okay, so that's more important than a black life. You get situations where you keep seeing that the flag is more important than a black life. Okay, I get that too, but I don't like it. So it's like, when is this stuff gonna end? And I just keep saying, you know, I told a couple of my cousins the other day, I was like, you know, you guys gotta go to the polls, and we gotta vote this stuff and vote our position ourselves into power, powerful position so that we can make the change we need. You know, so it's the only way you're going to be able to do it. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I can go back and forth on that a lot. And, uh, about voting. Because, I mean, I know intrinsically, like, voting is the answer. But, like, it just feels like I'm we're voting for a participant in a terrible system. You know, and, and that's kind of all we can do at the moment. You know, one of the one of the bigger things we can do on a consistent basis, and you know, we'll talk about some other uh, opportunities later. But like, yeah, I mean, we we know we have to vote, but you know, it feels sometimes that voting is just kind of 
another mechanism for, you know, a slower demise, I'll say. But, you know, I was talking to somebody about this other day. The, the thing about voting is it's, it does change a, traje- a trajectory. It doesn't necessarily make things happen faster, but it changes your course. And, you know, we voted for almost four years ago now, and that vote put us on a course to where we are now. It's a, course, it's a terrible course, right? We're Rocky Seas and all that stuff. We're just as Gilligan's Island at this point. But, you know, hopefully this new vote coming up uh, in a few months will turn the ship a little bit, change, change the, the trajectory. But we have to understand that it's not going to be very fast change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully it can be faster. But, you know, it's not going to be as fast as it, it, we would like it to see it. I think what the issue is when people look at the vote, they automatically only think about the presidential election. I'm not going to say that's one of the least important, but it's kind of a superficial fix. It is important. That off-term election is very, very important. The the presidential election is usually an emotional one. That's how you get, you don't like what happened, you get a big turnout, but that in two years, the same turnout's not there, and that's strategic. And you got to vote for your local elections. That's the biggest issue. Yeah. Both locally, and honestly, we got to get more people to run. I mean, you, we have to have more control of our community. No doubt. And it, I was excited to see that Ferguson Florissant just elected their first black and mm-hmm. their first female mayor. And I was like, man, that's fantastic. And there was some other good news to happen in some other communities that I can't think of right now on the top of my head. Um, but uh, unfortunately, the person who was running for board here in Kirkwood, uh, Nicole Shearn, she missed it. I think she had like 20, 21 percent. But the person who won had like the majority of 26 percent. Uh, but she was close. We I voted for her. I, hope, I was hoping that she'd get on the board so we could have more re- representation of, you know, of color and diversity on on the board. But she didn't get on there. But um, and, and as far as the Ferguson Florissant board goes, they're pretty diverse. If you've seen their board, they they're getting better and better. And there's some good things going on in Ferguson. And obviously, the Michael Brown scenario has caused a lot of uproar and change in that area. And people are getting involved in doing their work. So it was good to see that too. The one thing that I did learn about is this whole, like, defunding the police. I didn't exactly know what that meant before, but Neither. you have to be aware that there are people who are saying that when you talk about defunding, like, I didn't know anything about it. And what it sounded like is, like, it, it sounded like abolishing the police or eliminating the police department. And that's not feasible. That is not what it means. But every time you hear certain people, when they refer to it, they're referring to it as eliminating the police force. It is not it. From the research that I've done, it's limiting some of the um, resources and the funds that are going there and reallocating them to other places in the community that may be beneficial to help um, deter crime. So like the connection that I made was, it's kind of similar to what the governor did to the, um, the education budget with COVID. He defunded education. He took money away from that and applied it somewhere else. So what that means is when you defund the police, maybe you don't, if somebody's having a, um, a mental break, you don't send police, you send social workers. Maybe we get kids with mentors. We uh, take some of that money that we use to militarize the police and we get mentors for kids at a younger age. Maybe we get people who try to um, get some, um, 
educational, some education for like learning how to do trades. So you're just reallocating that money. So it's, it's not abolishing the police. And you're starting to see more social workers and therapists um, become more permanent members in, within the public school system because of the fact that people are already ridiculously stressed out in regards to all these school shootings that have taken place in the past. And so these, you know, counselors and therapeutic socialists and things like that, social workers like that have come into the schools and have pretty much, you know, now they have a job because the kids are dealing with such traumatic situations and events that have taken place in their life. In addition to the teachers, they offer it to both staff and students. Um, so this is a good thing. A friend of mine um, is a, uh, she's actually in the Atlanta public schools, not Atlanta, but uh, Clayton County public schools in Atlanta. And she's, uh, she does exactly that. Um, she is, her, she says, I, I have a plethora of um, list of kids to work with. And then she's so busy that she's actually even set up her own practice outside of the school where she does uh, virtual, con virtual conferences with people because she can't obviously see everybody and plus the whole COVID scenario going on. You don't want to have anyone in your office. So she does virtual conferences and she's like, I'm able to make a really good living doing this. And um, she pretty much kind of sets up her own schedule. So um, shout out to my homegirl, Rasha. Uh, it's, it's, it's something else, you know, when you have a kid that has uh, some issues Please. mentally, don't send a cop, you know, send a, send a therapist or send one of somebody from a special school district. They should have somebody within the district somewhere that you can send over to give that person or that teacher or that administrator some assistance. We have a kid that has special needs in my school in particular. This boy is big. He is in the seventh grade. He is all of about 6'1 and all of about 325 pounds. And he is solid. So when he first came to our school, one of the administrators was like, hey, Jewel, can you um, can you come over and help us out with so-and-so when he gets here today? Because his para is all of 115 pounds. There's nothing she could do with him. He go swing her around like she a toy. So I was like, sure. Man, when that boy came walking down the, uh, the sidewalk, I had a second to think myself, do I really want to be involved in this situation? <laughs> I don't know about this one. But uh, yeah, you know, it's necessary. Make smart decisions. Don't make decisions. It's, don't send police officers in, into situations where they are not trained to deal with these, these folks. They don't have proper you know, training with that. And to add to that, not to say that, um, I mean, when they, return, when they become cops, like their training, and her, I forgot who said this the other day, their training is, is roughly about six months of training. If they don't have any military training or any other type of you know, uh, combat training or any type of uh, training to where they could actually deal with the public like that. Like they really come into a whole new uh, situation that they're not going to be ready for in six months at all. It, it's strange. I saw something that said that you actually get more training to um, to be a beautician or um, to get your to, to cut hair than to be a policeman. And one of the things they looked at doing was they said that a police a policeman's job is not a prestigious position. What they mean by that is that they thought about what if we increase the pay of being a policeman, but also increase the training and the requirements. So like you and the educational level, what they is like they compared to what they did in Finland. So like teachers get paid a lot more in Finland, but everybody has to, to teach. You have to have a master's degree. You can't teach with a bachelor's. Mm -hmm. So imagine if that happened with police. So instead of just flooding anybody in there, you have to you teach them how to de-escalate. 
um, you make it a prestigious position. Instead of paying like a big group of people a certain amount, you pay a little bit less. I mean, you 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 recruit a little bit less, but pay them more. Right. And hold, um, hold them accountable for what they do. Yeah. You get a different level of person that goes into that position. Yes, sir. And they, and their plate may be a little bit more full, but but police officers do have a ton of downtime. Um, now, obviously, when they do have to go do something, uh, it could be a life or death situation, but they still get a ton of downtime. You know, firemen get a ton of downtime, but when they have to go do work, it could be a life or death situation. So pay them accordingly, educate them accordingly, and get them the proper training that they need. I have, we have a, I have a friend who is a police officer, and, um, you know, she does not have a degree. You know, she... Um, is uh, about all of five, three, five, four, and she's a tiny little thing, uh, but she makes over $60,000 a year. She's been an officer for about five years now, going on six years, just bought her a new house out in Newtown and just had her first child. And um, she said that, you know, you'd be surprised how many people come and go uh, within a particular department or jump from one department to another. You could be you know, make it cut meat at schnooks, which is nothing wrong with that, and be a butcher, but decide you wanted to make a career change without a degree and you can do it, and policing's going to pay pretty decent. They pay police officers more than they pay educators, uh, and they go through a lot less. In, in Minneapolis, they, they listed the jobs that they held before being a police officer. It was like, they worked at McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, one of them had military service, mm-hmm. but yeah, one of them like, worked at McDonald's, somebody worked at somewhere else, like random jobs prior to being a cop. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. And the fact that you have such little training, um, mm-hmm. you don't have the proper wherewithal to deal with these situations. We, we should be officers, us four. We, because we have the wherewithal and the understanding of what it means to go into certain communities and to be able to try to deal with escalate situations. And if we don't have that training, we're smarter to say, hey, can we get that training? You know? Yeah, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm that good, dude. You give me a lot of credit. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I'm very good at de-escalating anything. I think you'd be That's surprised. Why I left my bro. previous school. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe you wind up being a captain or something like that. You right, I'll, I'll, right. Give me the desk job because uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be in there trying to probably mess some things up. And you go, let, it work. you go, you go, let <laughs> me and Fence to be out here in these streets. Trying to troll a kid to do the dude that's like, hey, you got this gun? Are you, I don't care if you use it. What you gonna do with it? You gonna do with that gun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nah, so. But you won't shoot it. <laughs> Are you trying to shoot it? Okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lie. So, my life. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I just like I said before, I was just saying earlier, just don't send police officers in to do jobs that they are not trained to do. They don't know mm-hmm. what they're doing, and they're trying to use their ability to intimidate because they have a weapon in order to de-escalate situations, and that's not how you properly go about doing it. Teachers have to de-escalate situations all the time. We ain't got damn weapons, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I mean, come on, hell. DJs have to de-escalate de- situations all the time. They got two turntables. Come on, man. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, make make smarter choices. Um, man, teachers' assistants. <laughs> hey, I feel you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you know what my life was like. I know, I know, I know. I couldn't even write lunch detentions. Yeah. <laughs> you were grinding back in the day, Neil, so much respect, man, no doubt. I get it, I get it. So, I mean, I, I think that should be kind of like a given, though. I mean, it should be, I mean, kind of like with education. It's, it's a professional profession. You should have to have to you have a BA, a bachelor, bachelor of arts, to be a, a, a policeman. 
you should go into criminology in school. And you know, and I was I was going to say that I forgot. I thought that was the requirement until until my nephew um, was an undergrad and he was going to uh, he was at Harrisville. And he was going to go in the he wanted to go into criminology, and so he was going to get a general bachelor's degree. And then um, one of the deacons from my church that I was going to at the time, shout out to New Sunday Mount Missionary Baptist Church, uh, he he talked to my nephew because I asked him to mentor him, and said that, you know, no, you don't you don't need a a degree to be an officer. Um, you could just pretty much simply uh, go to the school. They're going to train you, and you're going to get you know so many weeks, and then go from there. And he's a sergeant. He's with St. Louis County. And so um, I was like, you ain't got to get a bachelor's degree to do that job. Like, that's a real serious job. You Like, that's a life or death job. Like, you know, that's all the requirements you need to be an officer. And then I was like, well, then no wonder you, you get what you normally get from what we've been hearing in the news lately. I mean, and not to be funny. I mean, I'm not trying to be dismissive. I, but... You to become a policeman, you train for about what six months. Now, I'm a black belt in judo, I've been taking judo for 10 years. It took me well, now 12 years, so it took me 10 years to get to a black belt level. And I'm not the greatest martial artist, I can kind of <laughs> hold my own, but I'm not the greatest. For me to test my next level black, I gotta wait a year and do some more testing. So, you saying that a person is off the street can come in and get trained in physical altercations in six months. And in some cases... They, they got cheat codes, man. Come on, they got cheat codes. <laughs> Literally. But, no, but that, that's what I'm saying. They though. got cheat codes and they got a like, weapon. That's why, you're more re- that's why they're more likely to use their weapon. Mm-hmm. Because they haven't been trained. Right. I mean, I would think... I mean, if, if not to be funny, but if, if most police were new Brazilian, it'd be something different. <laughs> like... Putting people on the ground. I mean, it, it's different. If I threw somebody on the ground, it's much different than me having to try to choke them out. And you know, you know what chokes work and what chokes don't, and what you should and should not be doing. They're trained to subdue. They're not trained. Uh, they're trained to like harm, basically, not to subdue. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, no doubt. Uh, switch gears for a second. We can always revert back to this combo, this particular topic, in a minute. Um, just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on what Drew Brees says the other day. Oh my God! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Light him up, uh, man. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just like not surprised. I don't know. Everybody's like, oh look, oh my goodness, I'm so surprised. Well, no, I'm not surprised. I'm. Not. It's kind of a. It's. I'm surprised at how people don't call BS. Oh, I forgot what that what the uh, woman's name is. From Fox News, what they she said about LeBron, and then what she said about him. Yeah, Laura Ingram. That's who you're talking about. They've been they've been they've been calling BS on her. Like, so I mean, that's the thing for me. Well, I mean, as the person on here who is from New Orleans and follows the Saints, uh, and has a very rather large picture of Drew Brees in his jersey in his basement, um, you know, pretty uh. Pretty, uh, how do I say? It's 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 tough. It's a difficult thing uh, in the sense of, you know, there is a not that we know each other because we still don't, but you know, there's a like almost a 20 year relationship that we that I that the uh, city of New Orleans has with Drew Brees. 
it's been there for almost that long, you know, probably let's say 15 years, probably some of that, right? So, you know, we've come to see him in a, in a different light for his good works that he has done. Cannot deny that. Uh, how, you know, he has helped the city since Katrina. Can't deny any of that, right? But there's always, and me speaking personally, there's always this thing in the back of my mind of like, when are they going to say something stupid, right? When is it going to happen? And I, and that's typically for me, typically for the, the, the white uh, athletes that I tend to like, right? It's like, okay, I like them and they're doing all the good things, but when are they going to say something stupid? Because it's going to happen, right? Uh, we know, like I saw, I felt weird when I found out Peyton Manning was a Republican, right? I didn't, I mean, I, I kind of knew that was the possibility, you know, I think he's one anyway, but I kind of knew it's always a possibility, but I think when I, when I heard it or something, I was like, ah, oh. you know, just, it just, because you started to then put them in a particular box. Um, and so when he, you know, when he said the words he said, like, it was just like, what I put on my Facebook was like, maybe he needs to stick to football and shut up, you know, and I was being ironic. And so, um, you know, it's, um, it, it was it was difficult, you know, because that guy, should, okay. that guy should know better than that. And, you know, as people have been saying, you know, over this whole thing, he just went autopilot on his his view of the flag and what it means to him. He just went autopilot, right? He just... And he was a like, young thug. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was like, how freaking... Like, dumb can you be right now? Like, like, insensitive can you be that in this moment? And that's why, like, I'm, I don't think he's racist or anything like that. I don't think he's a bad human being. But in this particular moment, like, dude, we got people out here dying on the streets because of cops. And you are reverting back to his, his three-year-old argument that we've already established is not true. His, his thing is not about the flag. It's about mm-hmm. people who are dying right down the street from where you are right now. And so it was just like, like, dude, how, how close-minded and unaware are you keeping yourself? I think that his privilege is so strong. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his background, uh, I understand that both of his, his grandparents, his grandfather served in World War II. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm sure that when they came home, they were celebrated as heroes and as they ought to be. But a lot of black folks served in those wars as well, including my great uncle. Um, served in the war, came back home to St. Louis. My great uncle Eugene Holmes, and he was mistreated. And um, so, I mean, he was like, you know what? I'm out of here. I can't wear my uniform and get respected when I'm going to go to a restaurant here in St. Louis. I'm going to take my talents overseas. So he went to Germany of all places, um, obviously after the war, but he went back to Germany and uh, he was a singer. He was an operatic singer and a graduate of Harrisville State University and a member of Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, A5. <laughs> hey, I got his family, man. And so uh, when he went back overseas, he actually married a German woman, spent the rest of his life there, and was a well-renowned um, operatic um, bass singer, uh, Eugene Holmes. He got albums out there. So, you know, when he would come back home every now and again, we were like, yo, are you coming back to the States? And he's like, I'm never coming back here to the States. You know, and he, he, would, he would tell us why. 
and because, you know to, he would want to kind of gather all the young black you know members of the family and have us to get together and you know be like hey be careful out here you know it's not safe I do have another cousin also that actually ended up moving to Australia and marrying a woman from Australia and stayed in Australia so you know <clears throat> it's it's uh, you'd be surprised how many African Americans black folks in particular just you know are overseas and have made a life for, them, for themselves elsewhere but Drew was tripping you know, he was out of line. I know he comes from a very well, well-to-do family. I think his father was like a judge or a lawyer, a judge, or and his mom was like a lawyer. And you know, he's super Catholic and super. I pull myself up by the boots type scenario and all that. Uh, but I, I have a, as Brandon knows, there's probably nothing about New Orleans that I don't like. <laughs> and I was just kind of disappointed in, Bruce, in what Breeze had said. So he's probably not the only one that feels that way in his position. That's a pity. Yeah, and I mean, uh, uh, to piggyback on what you're saying too, is it's he opened up a whole like he opened up two cans in at the same time, and it's like, dude, you you already went with the whole the whole this is about the troops thing, like okay, fine, we know we can dispel that because we've already dispelled that, but then you talked about your grandfather like he was like they were the only people in the military, like dude, you just opened up you went you went to war on two fronts. That you have absolutely no knowledge of, and it's like, yeah, his, the privilege, you know, the privilege of, the privilege that he already has being a white guy, but the extra additional privilege of being a rich white guy, who actually is, you know, has a voice, just like, wow, what are you doing, bro? But, yeah. you know, but I, I said this on my Facebook, you know, um, and I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm open to, to to thoughts about it and whatnot, but I also do think this is an opportunity. And an opportunity to get in it, to create some form of an ally where there is none right now. Uh, I, I use uh, I look at this as a strategic opportunity to get a voice, if that voice is willing to put in the work himself, and you know to get a voice to understand what's happening, to learn, and to be a, an actually good ally. You know, if if he is in fact who he thinks who he says he is. I don't know if he's that guy. We're gonna find out, right? We'll find. I'm, I'm gonna give him the chance to find out. But like, we gotta be strategic about this, right? Like, can't we're not doing this without white folks to some to some degree. The things we can do on our own, right? That that will make it better for us. That we can that we can uh, strengthen our own foundations. But like, as people have been saying, you know, we can't end racism. White people got white people got to figure out why they're racist and why they have to. And so, like, this is an opportunity. To use to use this, this situation in our favor if we can do it right, you know. And I, I'm trying to think how can we do this more strategically, like they did in the civil rights era. They were strategic in there. They were strategic in that era. They weren't just doing things just to do, right? They would strategically do things. And so this is a strategic opportunity to get this dude to get him knowledgeable again if he does most of it himself, because uh, we we got too much other work to do and we spent too much energy on him already. Um, but it's a if he is the leader that he says he is, then he is going to do the work and that we need to figure out a way to use him to talk to other white folks. Uh, and I think it can be done. If it can't, I, I, I hope it can be done. I'll say that. But my, my hopeful white people, this is sound, sounds weird. I can't think of the words, but I don't have high hopes where, it, where in regard to white folks changing or, or really looking out for us. So, 
but opportunity nonetheless. We'll see how it plays out. So just to piggyback on the fact that you used to, we had the conversation a little while ago, how we say similar things just from different points of view. Mm-hmm. I think that Drew is a lost cause. Okay. But what I mean by that, he can still be used as a tool. That's what, yeah. I'm not worried about changing his heart. I'm not worried about changing his mind. Because in some types of privilege, once you get to a certain level of privilege, you lose the ability to empathize. You, you really can't comprehend what it's like to put yourself in somebody else's shoes that doesn't have the same opportunities as you. You don't fathom that's what, that. You that's what that was. That's what that was on full display. And that's what that was. So what happens is, he, I don't think he can, because at this age that he's at, the point in his life that he's at, that he can truly fathom that. But he can feel shame. And because of that shame, he may not truly believe it, but you can use him as a tool and use him for resources. I'm not worried about how he actually feels on the inside. Give us your money. You know, the other conversation that we've been having is like people always are proclaiming that, you know, like Republicans do this and I mean, and do that. It's both parties, man. Both parties have colluded against people of color. I'm a firm believer that if you're a person of color, you should be an independent and hold people accountable. So it's that it's that lack of empathy. Now, I do truly believe that a lot of times people who tend to be more conservative put procedures above empathy. They want it, they think that like processes work better than empathy. When you think about your schools, when you think about the teachers that are always upset because people or kids are um, tardy, never ask why. They're putting procedures first. So I think a lot of the times people who tend to be a little bit more conservative think that procedures make situations better, not empathy. It can be both. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the issue is. You gotta have procedures, but you gotta have empathy too. And that's and, where they're lacking. And you're you're completely right. And that you know that's why after all that happened, I had these conversations and and really I woke up the next day I was actually content because I recognized there was this lack of in in the discussion about this and in the, in all these people mostly white but some black defending Drew Brees at the time the, the, they always fall back, they always fell back on all these all these lazy these lazy responses of well he should have an opinion too right and all he said yeah, was flag, flag and he's talking about his grandfathers and all that and and they they all gave these same lazy opinions that they always give when you call them out but none of them to a to a person asked the question why is Malcolm Jenkins, Drew Brees' teammate, on ESPN tearing up in an emotional response? Why is he so hurt by the statement? None of them asked that. They refused to ask that question. And that and it just dawned on me, probably already knew, but it just dawned on me like they have absolutely no empathy whatsoever where it concerns black people. None. You know? Specifically Floyd. It's a pivotal <laughs> way that privilege gives you the ability turn away from the actual issue at hand mm-hmm. to change the argument and that's mm-hmm. what they were doing that's Changing all they were the doing and I'm like this is not about like how do you no one you know they were like well you can't call Drew racist like no one called him racist but he was just spotting his opinion yes you're right he he spotted it's funny he spotted his opinion and you know what the first amendment gives you the right to do that but it doesn't protect you from backlash from your opinion right so yeah none of that none of that that's the question why does it matter to us? Why are we so hurt by his statements? If you can't ask that question, 
and you are in the same position he is in, which is why George Floyd died in the first place. They're all in the same place of having no empathy and not seeing us as human beings and not seeing us and not seeing our problems that have stemmed from the actual country, stem from that flag. And, you know, they have, a, they just can't see it. So they just deflect and change the subject and make us feel like we're just hopeless, which again, it's a circle, that circle that keeps going. We're seen as other, not just black folks, but poor folks, women, whoever don't yeah. fit that model is seen as yeah. other. Mm-hmm. And that you can't, comp- you can't, you can't work together and come together. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're trying to come together now, you know? I mean, black folks getting shot with bullets, with uh, rubber bullets, white folks getting shot with rubber bullets. They're pushing, they're pushing uh, old white men down and breaking their heads open. Like, they're pushing you know, down old ladies, too. Pushing down old ladies, you know, and, and hurting them. Like, these cops out here do, doing all kind of dirt. I mean, they, they, literally, they literally tear gassed and pushed back peaceful protesters and came on the next day and lied about it. We have pictures literally watching this happening <laughs> live while this a-hole was talking, you know, talking about I'm law and order president, blah. Like, shut up, you know? And we're watching peaceful protesters get pushed back and tear gas while he's talking, and they come back to us and lie. It's like, wow, we right. are, wow, you would think we're really stupid. Or like that but, stupid dude with the bow and arrow. He decided oh, he wanted to be like Daryl in a Walking Dead and go out there and actually and aim at somebody. Man, they lit him up. Then they interviewed him later he, on, he like after now? he got that tail beat. No, he's arrested now. Yeah, he oh, is yeah. now. And he oh, actually, he lied, right? That's because he went to the cops and said they were just beating me up. Yeah, he got two African Americans that beat him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't yeah, just African Americans. That dude who had the skateboard went in on his head, though. I tell you that much. Right. I thought I thought he was dumb when he walked in there. But to add to what Brandon was saying about him standing in front of that church with the with the Bible and everything, oh. did you see the comparison uh, photo that they put out there yes. with him and mm-hmm. Hitler, mm-hmm. Saddam, and I didn't know who the other guy was. It was like four of them. All had the Bible, like holding the Bible up, pretty much the same way. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, this can't be real right now, bro. I mean, it just made me even I more upset. That question is, is like all of these people who voted for him because they felt that you know he was had a he decided now, even though he had a completely different point of view for like multiple years of his life. Oh, you were using the Bible as a prop, and it's obvious that he's using the Bible as a prop, and you're okay with that. That is an issue for me, super. That's an issue for me. Don't use my Lord as a prop for your um, platitudes. Don't do that. And I would love to see more pastors come to life and be like, this is wrong and you should not ever do something like this again. But you, you got the lady who obviously is the bishop of that church who was really upset because they, I guess, got napalmed, basically. No, they I just got tear gassed or whatever while they were over there doing stuff. And I think they were in the process of handing out necessary goods for people who are in need or either for people who are peacefully protesting just so we can get this photo out. But... Mm-hmm. You know, and supposedly he's irritating people at the Pentagon too. Oh yeah, his old his former his former general uh, came out and said he's a threat to the Constitution, General Mattis. You know who? Uh, let's not. Let's, I'm glad he's saying something. But dog, where were you in the first like couple years when you were actually were in his administration? Getting paid. <laughs> so please. Getting paid. 
protecting themselves and their salaries, their jobs. When you have that much privilege, you you don't see the patterns. It's like you. It has to be so blatant. Like it's people like I, I don't. I don't even. I, I didn't verify, so I'm very leery of, of getting back into that. But supposedly, Trump said some um, things about um, about um, Floyd, like he's in a better place and he would be so proud now, or something like that. I so verified that, that he actually said it. That was today. I verified that he actually said it. He, he said but something like, like that. But like now, people are upset and surprised that he would say something like that. I'm not surprised. No, no. People are like, well, why, how could he think that low? Why would you be surprised at that? Right. He's showing you who he is. He's been the same person. Oh, he's been the same person. Because of your privilege, you ignored it. Because you didn't have to, you didn't have to, you have a screen above your life. You know, that says, like, this is how life should be. You can live in the shoes as opposed to what is. They live in an upload, though. They live in the upload. <laughs> in Lake, in like, what was that, Lakeview Terrace? Whatever, not Lakeview Terrace. Wherever uh-huh. it is. They're living like in the upload. I mean, they, they, um, no, he said that today about the jobs numbers. Like, George, he, Floyd would be proud of, would be proud of these numbers. I'm like, one, the numbers have nothing to do with you. People are just going back to work. Actually, like, they're going to come down because people are going to go back to work. They're going to get jobs back. Like, if it wasn't for you in the first place, we wouldn't have this problem. And you don't get to speak for him. Right, he he definitely doesn't get to speak for him, but no one's going to stay weak. No one's going to tell him that. No one's going to tell him. No one's going to tell him to just shut the f up. Well, the right. only time he gets challenged is when the reporters are there. That's it. And the, the and, black and, reporters. And, and he, he immediately lashes out at the at the uh, black female reporters. He just female, he calls oh, them nasty and all kind of stuff. All the female reporters, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's why I would love for him to continue to get interviewed by the sisters because they bring the nasty out in him. And he, he goes completely off script. He's already off script as it is. Rush he, really, really, he really, really gets stupid. Sorry, guys. Uh, he really gets stupid. Uh, yeah, that's my homegirl call. <laughs> he really gets stupid once um, when, when, that, when that all takes place. But, yeah. What you got going on, man? Hey. Well, for anybody anybody uh, getting tired of him staying in the house, <laughs> this, this uh, quarantine... Uh, Time of year, uh, some of the some of the attractions are starting to open back up. If you want to take, I mean, if some of those people out there that's listening that want to take the kids out, or if you just want to be out there with the people, if you feel the need, which, which, people, stuff we is open. which people we talking about? <laughs> no, people, people that people that's trying to get out the house. <laughs> they can go no. right on, go ahead and do that. Right, right. Uh, but so what's open? So what's opening right now, um, I'm going to do it in chronological order. Um, one, the aquarium is opening up, so that means the wheel and Union Station will be opening on the 8th. That'll it's be open back up. And it's in the city, of course. No, it's so, in the city. I don't care about the city. It's indoors. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> so um, for the kids, they got the maid, too. And then, of course, the zoo opened up on the 13th. Uh, Magic House opened up on the 15th. Uh, Botanical Gardens open up on the 16th. Butterfly House in Shaw, um, or not Shaw Park, but in uh, Tile Grove Park is going to be open up on the 16th. St. Louis Center will be open up on the 20th. Uh, History Museum will be open up on the 20th as well. So all those things are starting to open back up. I think this is phase three of trying to return back to normal. So I just want to know, I mean, what do you guys think about, um, the zoo is cool. I'm think I'm thinking the zoo is cool. 
Um, some of the other places where the kids get touchy feely stuff, I don't. I'm not good with that. Because you can't go to the magic house and think you're gonna uh, sanitize everything, and you got kids in there. Granted, you can limit the amount of people that come in there. I don't think that's that's a, a great idea. Uh, botanical garden would be a good idea to hit uh, if you want to just because it's outside mostly, except you go into the planetarium. But I love going still, there. Yeah. So yeah. those are the two things I wouldn't. I mean, just to get out to do something. Yeah. I would definitely go to the zoo. You know, and and hit the botanical garden. Oh, they, I wonder if they're gonna have the eateries open. You know, press pressing, I get his hit. It's uh, his funnel cake. <laughs> Good luck with a with a funnel cake. Right. Yeah, it's probably not happening for me. No, it ain't. It's closed. <laughs> I got to Forest Park and to run. I think two days this this, this week. And um, sorry, uh, Parker is obsessed with his ABCs, and every time he sees them, he has to spit them out and yell them. But uh, I went to Forest Park to run twice this week, and the park was packed. I mean, it's always gonna be packed. I mean, the park was packed. The trails were packed. Uh, Art Hill was packed. Uh, the visitor center was closed, but the golf course, where the I'm sorry, the tennis courts were open, and the golf course is open also. Um, I'm not sure if the second one, the one that's further back by the science center, is open, but the one. The, the Forest Park golf course is open because you know there is a private course within the Forest Park also. Um, so well, they opened up a lot more parks um, in the state too this past week. So mm-hmm. that's another thing. They only, I know the first phase they only opened up thirty, and now they I think they opened up the, either the rest of them or another percentage of them. I'm not sure. No, you're right. Uh, most of them are back up and running again, and there's a ton of people. I realize how many freaking parks there are. Just in the state of Missouri, in general, if you mm-hmm. get that app called All Trails or Forks, you can see just what's going on and learn a lot about the parks. But for me, running on concrete is just killer for my knees and my shins and my, my lower back. So going to Forest Park was a was a happy occasion for me because I got to run on my nice soft trails again. And uh, I, it was great, you know. But they don't allow cars to go through. I think half of the park in certain areas have been blocked off from having vehicles. So over where the tennis courts are located, there's... A gate there you can't drive in front of Art Hill like you used to and you can't drive up by the History Museum either like you used to. I'm assuming they probably removed some of those barriers since the zoo is back into commission so uh, people are going to take advantage of that uh, now again too but yeah man, it's interesting. So I think I might stretch out there I might go out there one a couple, couple days get a change of, change of scenery because normally I just walk around the block or whatever mm-hmm. for me. And that's pretty much the majority of it. And then the store is probably like a mile, a mile away, you know, so. But I'm not, I'm not walking back from no groceries. <laughs> I'm going to hop in the vehicle and, and fly down the block and come back. But other than that, yeah, that's the only thing that I feel like I, w- I would want to see um, is the park, maybe the zoo, just to have a change of scenery. Absolutely. Anytime I go out, I go early. Yep. Um, just to, I mean, because it's, I can't, you can't run in a mask. You can't, I mean, but, and I know that it's like safer outside, but still with, when you got like crap tons of people, it's got to be a little bit more um, possibility for, for spread. Because you never know where they've been. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I would stick with outdoors. Like I'm, I'm trying to get more comfortable being around people. I apply, you know, I'm applying for a job, uh, for a little part-time job. Trying to get used to that. 
Um, but really try to be a good, you know, example for my kids to show that it's okay to be out there if you want to. Mm-hmm. I think they're learning, you know, a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see, man. That's all you can do. And honestly, you got to put in the hands of the Lord to hope for the best. Right. Well, and yeah. on a lighter note, on a lighter note, you can't, we can actually, even though that the uh, cases have, you know, spiked, um, the amount of deaths have, have dropped drastically. Mm-hmm. So three, we had 300, uh, as of yesterday, we had, I think it spiked up to 300, but we only had, I think, three deaths, if that, out of the entire area, which is, yeah. I mean, it's still bad, but it's not as bad as what it was at first. So that's a good thing. I'm, I'm glad to see that. I read the article earlier, it basically said that, like, they're starting to find out that if you have, like, an A, um, your blood type is A, you're more susceptible to uh, respiratory issues. If your blood type is O, you're less likely. And then it's kind of like a toss-up in the middle. Um, but it's like, if you're like B or, um, I don't know the other ones. I'm O, so I don't know. Hey! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, if it's A, it's a little bit more, they found that it's a little bit more susceptible. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, hey, real quick, just to switch things up for a quick second. Um, I don't know if you guys have been checking out what's going on with Disney and the NBA. Um, but uh, so the NBA uh, Board of Governors has approved the 22 team format for the uh, resumption of the 2019 2020 season. So basically, there's going to be eight teams that um, will not be able to participate because uh, they had a horrible season. Up, up, so, yeah, basically, because they suck. And if they got to go home, then that's that. But they got to stay home, but they can come back next year, obviously. But teams will stay together at the ESPN Worldwide uh, Sports Complex at Disney World. So, um, they were talking about how um, players have to social distance themselves, and you know that's going to be hard for LeBron because he buddy buddy with everybody in the league, uh, especially his teammates, obviously. Um, and then the people who work there are going to have to obviously social distance also and cannot go into the players' rooms. Um, so it's a one-stop shop for the NBA to still have some sort of season, which is kind of cool uh, because I get to see some basketball. Um, so. Basically, it gets kind of tricky, though. Basically, um, if you're like a, if you're an eight, if the eight and ninth seed have to fight for the eight seed position, so if you're an eight seed and you beat the ninth seed, it's yours. But if you're a ninth seed and you beat the eight seed, eight seed gets a second chance. And if they beat the eight seed, eight seeds out and ninth seeds in. So once that's done and they got the actual teams already set up, ready to go, then things are going to start looking more familiar they supposed to in regards to just the brackets being set up and then the um, players being our plan. So um, I believe it starts. They're not going to do east-west, right? They're not going to do east-west format. They're going to just do a seeding of 1 through 16, correct? Uh, I think there is going to be an east and west format when it comes okay. to once you get the 8. A seeding of 1 through 16 and go from there. But they're going to still break them up, I believe, by east and west somehow. Oh, that's right. So, uh, it was, it's, and people are still questionable as far as how it's going to play because there are other teams who they feel like deserve a shot. Uh, they really want Zion and the Pelicans to be in this. Uh, Memphis was having a really, really good run before being stopped abruptly. So, there's a lot of, you know, say-so going on. Um, and then you got to remember the fact that, you know, sometimes, I think, um, I think it's on like east there's like a eight and a half game difference between like the Lakers and the second place team. So, um, you know, people are going to be, are not, nobody's going to be happy, but this is the best resolution they could pretty much possibly come up with. And for all those who don't get to be involved, you better next season uh, because Adam Silver ain't playing and the Players Association 
has already agreed to all of this. And so they're trying to put things into perspective because July to October is how this thing's supposed to roll. The lottery is uh, August 25th, and then the draft is August 15th. And so they're going to start the new season of the NBA in December. Um, and then obviously you got to get ready for the Olympic Games coming up down the road too. So it's going to be interesting to see how they roll out and do everything. But, you know, I'm ready for it. I'm looking forward to seeing some basketball. Man, I'm telling you that this uh, – I mean, I like the – I, I hope they – I just hope they recede 1 through 16 and not east-west. Because, like, it, it's just a great time to do something different. To, to You know, I mean, you're going to be playing with no fans, you know. Oh, they're going to have fans. I, I guarantee they're going to find a way to have some fans. It's going to be rich people. No, they, they have to, no, no one's going to be allowed to be interested the players yeah, and the refs. Find some rich people to be up and in maybe, I think they said maybe some media. But they've been really yeah, strict. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. If they let the media in there, they're going to go ahead and let the 1% in there. They're going to let the right, exactly. So, <laughs> well, the facility is big enough. I think it's a good move because the facility, if you've seen the facility that they have, it's pretty It's pretty nice. I mean, they, it's a one-stop shop. they got everything they need in one spot. And it was just smart of Disney to buy ESPN a couple of years ago anyway to begin with. So that's how they get to be involved in this. But that mouse is running it, man. <laughs> that mouse is doing the damn thing. I, um, and, and part of me, just a part of me, maybe it's uh, a, a little piece of me in the back that's just saying, I don't like this. Because it feels like the, the way it's the way they're taking majority of these players that look like us. And put them in these little boxes. Okay, guys, go out and play. Okay, come back. Go to your box. I don't like that. I, I, something about me, something in me, just it just irks the, the little hairs on the back of my neck a little bit. It, I don't know what it is. Like I, I'm ready. I'm ready for basketball. I, I love basketball. I'm ready for it. But something in there, and I know they're trying to do it because they're getting paid and et cetera. But it just right. feels. Something feels wrong a little bit to me about it. That's just my opinion. No doubt. Yeah. Because they're putting them in harm's way for monetary gain. <clears throat> yeah, because I don't think that's going to be a baseball season at all. <laughs> Can't do it. You know. But I say the same thing about basketball, and they're doing it. So look, look where we are. So who knows? I just heard today they might try to have a baseball season and have it open to um, fans depending upon what state you're in. It's going to be a state decision. <laughs> You know, they're, they're, they're willfully taking chances with, you know, contracting this disease and, and giving it to other folks. And, you know, you, you just have to make the decision whether we're going to be a part of it or not. And I just choose not to be a part of it. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, that's, uh, that's, I think it's, it's really simple to say, easy to say, but like, you, you, you may not take the chance to be part of it, but somebody else is going to actually put that chance upon you. And that's mm-hmm. the problem with all of this. It's like, you you can stay away from it. We can all stay away from it. But somebody chooses to go and brings that corona to you and your family. You had no decision making possible in this at all. And that's where again we're talking about empathy. We talk about this the whole time. This whole corona business is all about a lack of empathy for people who don't who are doing the right thing, mm-hmm. who don't want any parts of this, but have no choice because some other person wants to and they think they you know superhuman, and they just could give it to somebody else who doesn't have it. It's it's, it's all empathy. You know, it's frustrating. I think they got that Wolverine DNA. The the more (laughs) possibility you have of shutting yourself away from it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the concerts that are being canceled because it is obviously there's tons of concerts that are being canceled. Coachella officially is canceled. Um, And uh, a bunch of other 
big time artists have gotten their stuff canceled. Uh, Elton John you, lost seventy five million dollars, man. I'm yeah, he made a ton. Of, right. He was our heat. He's a billionaire, though, I believe. So I mean, like seventy five million dollars. Seventy five million. That just on, that just cost. That's what I'm, I'm selling no, cheap on his shoes. That's 275 million. He's worse than that. That's a lot of money to lose. <laughs> Even if you are super rich. Dang, 75 million. Yeah, but it helped to sit on 275, though. It does help, man. How the hell? Who, who was giving him? He was getting we're get 75 million for the whole concert series or something? Uh, he had it all planned out. Like, he was supposed to pay for all his uh, his like tours and all that. The tours are going to be worth that much. It's his farewell tour. <laughs> Right. He, that was gonna be that was gonna cost him a lot of money. You know what? He gonna work one more year. <laughs> you, you know, you gonna go to retirement next year. <laughs> he gonna change his name to Lou out to uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar and, and play for like twenty more years. <laughs> <laughs> they paying it. You off the chain, bro. I don't know what to say about you. Yeah, he, I mean he's wealthy. I mean, but you know he's still doing the damn thing. When Elton John dies, they're gonna be praising him like they praise Prince. Prince deserves it, and so does he. He ain't gonna die. He ain't gonna die. Vampire. He ain't gonna die. Speaking of all this music stuff, what's what's going on new in music? Man, a whole lot of music is happening. It's so much that I can't even keep up. No, I can keep up, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) we do got some. One thing I want to mention that just came out this week. Pretty much the only thing that came out this week is the Run of Jewels. Run of Jewels project came out, so that's gonna that's gonna be super interesting. If y'all need if y'all need it, I got it. I'll send it to you. Sure. Um, the lead single on that was um, "Ooh La La" featuring Craig uh, Greg Nice and DJ Premier on the cuts. Classic. Kind of weird, <laughs> weird but I, I I'll accept it because they have a DJ. DJ track track star DJ. Doing my favorite doing my favorite loop. Ooh La La. <laughs> yeah, cool. that was pretty dope. And um, they, you know, Mike has been a lot of, in, been very instrumental out here during this, you know, during his time. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, I would, I would love for him to just. <laughs> and you run met for him something. before. And thanks it's to you, coming. Avery met him. Because you, you huh? met him before. And thanks to you, Avery met him too. Yeah, 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 yeah. They got, they got that he, picture he did a together. Concerts. Yeah. He did a couple concerts, and then uh, he stopped in. He was on the uh, middle day tour, and they stopped in St. Louis uh, for a while, and then. Uh, I got a call and he was like, "Yo, he downtown by the arch." I'm like, "What the heck is Mike doing by the arch?" And he was like, "They taking a break because they got to go to another tour, so they were stopping in St. Louis to, to take a break." And I was like, "Well, shoot, he's right up to the radio station." Yeah. So I picked him up and I picked up and I didn't know that uh, D1 was with him too. And uh, D1, I was like, "Well, shoot, you you want to ride to the station?" He was like, "Really? I was like, yeah, let's go." <laughs> So we went up, took him to the radio station. We hung out for the day and everything. You know, he kicked it, interviewed him. Mm. He dope. That's cool. Good day. Good day. Yeah, I'm glad. That he, I remember he was saying an interview recently idea. I think with Ti that he had some new stuff coming out. So I guess this is what it is. Yep. They were talking about MLP, and uh, I sent you the, the video clip. Uh, the video, I actually sent you the video for it. So that's uh, that's what they've been. That's they launched first. So that's. That's the hottest thing right now. I'm, I'm not really worried about a bunch of other stuff, but I can definitely get some ideas on some other music that we can, you all can listen to. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> I can get my uh, hard drive to work over here. <laughs> nah, you good. The, uh, what's up with the Justice League thing? Oh, my God. Before I say that, um, 
Did anybody look at the uh, the Mortal Kombat um, Scorpion's Revenge? No. No. Okay, I remember. No. Movie or a game? No, I remember you said you put you uh sent you put it in the group. Uh, yeah, Neil. But, uh, I remember. Yeah, that's on DC though, right? I think D- so. Is it DC? I, I think I, it's on the DC I, platform. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I, I actually saw that, and uh, it was pretty good. But, but I must say, that other joint, bro. Man, man, man. I'm sorry. The, the DC, let me say the DC uh, Apocalypse or Justice League Dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Yo, that was hard body. So you saw it? I'm trying yes. to find it free. I didn't try to pay for it. <laughs> so, this is really dark, is it? Okay, I got it. But that's on Netflix, right? I don't think it's no, on. It's I, on uh, Amazon. Oh, it's on. Okay, <laughs> gotta watch that too. Damn. It's on what? It's like $5.99, it's on, dog. It's on what again, you? Oh, it's it's a movie, right? Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, it's a movie. Mm. Is it is it one of the free movies or you gotta pay for it? No, it's $5.99. Oh, it's five, yeah, nah, I'll, I'll wait till it's it. Yeah. If I had look, look, if I had it to to shoot it to you, I would. But um, that. That trumps the Mortal Kombat joint. That Justice League, uh, Dark Apocalypse hey. War, bro. Hey, I had never seen some of the heroes go out like this. I'm just gonna say oh, for real, it, it was big. Isn't, like, isn't that like Batman taking over the Dark, the Justice League, and doing it his way? Not, no. Nah, this is a totally different situation. Um, okay. But. When you look at it, it's kind of like what you say. It's it's so much stuff that happens, and I really don't want to say a lot about it because it's it's a it's a lot that happens. But they got these paradooms. It's like Doomsday made these these uh, minions, mm-hmm. yeah, to, to come and just kill everybody on Earth or whatever, so he can you know defeat Earth. And the one person that the two people that can actually help, but the one person they actually need is uh john constantine mm-hmm. and he was a punk well, i'm gonna say well he was a punk and he ran <laughs> and he said i don't know why i ran i was like what <laughs> <laughs> you know your whole squad out here getting getting beat on and you you running well i ain't gonna say what else happened because it's a lot like i was in a i was in a lot of shock like during the entire thing except for like when it got to the end is where it, it kind of all came together and i was like oh okay so this is why this happened. You gonna make me spend six dollars, dog? Hey, bro. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna say this: if you if you haven't seen Mortal Kombat, um, uh, Scorpion's Revenge, I'm gonna say watch that one first. If you feel the Where need. Where did you find it though? Where did you find the video? I, I haven't found the, the whole thing. I just found the uh, the link. I mean, like the the trailer. Um, cinema. Yeah, making me look. Oh, look at this. I don't know what that is. Yeah, uh, you got, look, look on your Cody. Uh, plead the fifth. <laughs> look on your Cody. If you got Cody, that's where you can look at it. Yep. I need to get my stuff. Come on, Parker. You can't. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard body. Um, I can send you the. Well, I can put the link. I, uh, yeah. Y'all can put the link in there so you can see. And I, then I'll try to figure it out from there. Yeah. I'm going to send you a link for the, uh, the YouTube. Uh, YouTube video, but you when you see the YouTube video, bro, I'm just gonna let you know right now it's it's some spoilers. It's a lot of spoilers in this YouTube video. Oh, I can't even watch that then, man. It's a hey, lot of spoilers. You gotta, buy it. you gotta buy it. That's all. Yeah, it's 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 hard body. 
Okay, so for number one, and so I'm gonna need you to send me the names of the movies that I need to watch in order, although I need to watch them so that I can go ahead and do that tonight. And then, uh, yeah, when we do this podcast again, we can talk about it a bit more in detail. Let's watch it, and then next week come back and talk about it. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So, because I do want to watch it. Because one thing that my wife don't have no problem with us spending money on is all things like comics and everything else. She has binged The Last Airbender all over again. I ain't even seen her in the last two three days. She ain't here watching Last Airbender and drinking oh, wine. Oh man, let's see. I'm I'm looking at it. Is it? Oh, they're making me pay money. You're right. Dang. Are you, are you on Amazon? Yeah, I'm on Amazon right now. How much is it? How much is it to rent? Is it to rent or buy for Friday night? That's the Apocalypse, though, right? That's uh, yeah, it's definitely Dark Apocalypse uh, War. Is that to buy it or rent it, though, B? To rent it, I mean. It's five ninety nine to rent it. Oh, okay. $10. I wonder if it's on Apple Apple TV or whatever. I thought they had, uh, man, a lot of their Justice League stuff, a lot of their DC stuff is, uh, you gotta buy or rent, I mean. Bro, it's not even on DC. I, 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 um, I get, I have the DC app. It's not even on there at all. Oh, oh, you got okay. the DC app? You ain't telling That's me. how they get you. <laughs> Wait, it's, it's not on the DC app? No, password needs to be coming through. Quit laughing at me, man. We need, to, we need to work. No, man, we need to work on like this password share thing. I mean, you know. You don't know, you don't know how my wallet feels. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I, I don't have nothing that you could. I mean, I wish I had something for you. I mean, you know, we could figure something out because I need that DC app, man. I was about to tell Fister to like to play it and I'm going to stand outside his window and watch it. <laughs> Hey. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. That, hey. that joint is fire, bro. Hey, lastly, uh, <laughs> this will be quick. Uh, so, somebody posted this uh, thing. I, I was going to send it to you, Fencer, because it was just total blasphemous. But um, it was a versus battle, and it was like, yo, who, who will win between Ghostface and Rayquan versus Method Man and Red Man? Oh, I did see that. Oh my God, yo, that's a tough one. What? But I mean, hey, it's it's. I'm gonna say it's a tough one because <sighs> only beef for Cuba leagues. You know better. But but I'm just saying from an audience perspective, like I got the purple tape, hands down, purple tape all day long. But I don't like as far as. Ugh, like far as hit value though, like I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a hard I think one. I think Red will do better by himself without Matt personally. I think Red can hold it down personally just fine by himself. Now see when you throw that in there, I'm I'm gonna go the other way because that's on the lyrical side of it, that might be the case. But as far as songs go and you know, if you got an audience of a hundred thousand people Who's going to go? Like, I'm going to be, I'm going the other way on that one. All right. I got to go the other way. That, that could, it's kind of and them, and I love all these guys. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I own all of their work uh, <laughs> to serve some capacity, some more than others. Uh, uh, you probably heard recently, and, and she disagreed to want to do it, but um, Brandy versus Monica. And, um, Monica ain't winning. Monica the <laughs> Okay, okay. You, you Monica's so out of there. <laughs> Is that why she opted out so quick? Yeah. She opted out real quick. Say it again, Yeah. Yeah, she she opted out real quick. 
Brandy is, she got three albums. Brandy working on like eight to ten albums right now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Brandy gonna slaughter her flat out. Yeah. I why mean, Brandy, why, why Brandy coming back? She trying to make some money. What's, what's going on? Uh, I mean, Ray J really pushing this. If you've been checking this out at all, entertainment. Ray, Ray J always trying to make a dime, doing something. That's Ray, just Ray J. Trying to make his Raycom uh, earbuds. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Uh, they were talking about it on uh, on this other uh, uh, podcast I listened to, and they're like, "Man, you know, Ray J always trying to make a buck, but like, if you look at their work, like Brandy had a TV show, she had a, quite a quite a few hit songs, she was collaborating with Whitney Houston, um, she could dance a little bit. Now Monica had a more mature voice, but then somebody was like, "Well, you know, during that time when Brandy was doing her thing and Monica was doing her thing, they also had you got to throw Aaliyah into that." As well, though, that trio of women, they were doing their thing and they kind of were um, liked by the same group, the same audience, like their music. And they had all their, most people had all their stuff because they were very much so different. But they were all friends for the most part. But yeah, Monica don't want, don't want that, don't want that smoke when it comes to uh, Brandy, in my opinion. Because, a blues song? Huh? She got a song with a little blues riff in it, man. I'm going to find it and send it to you. It's sick. Who was it? Um, Brandy. Oh yeah, hey, Brandy can just she can sing. I mean, she was an artist that could hold her own singing a song with Whitney Houston. That says a lot about you. Mm-hmm. And she was a youngin, you know. Uh, Monica cuter, but I'm just saying, <laughs> when it comes to the career status or whatever, it just I think that Brandy had a very a more lucrative career, um, did better than. But you know, she got in that car accident. It kind of changed a lot. I think she what was that thing? She killed somebody in a car accident. They were trying to say she was using her cell phone or whatever. She had that SUV a couple years ago, about ten years ago. She had I think big, I might remember that, but I'm not sure. Yeah, she had this big old this big old lawsuit going on, but you know that would have been interesting interesting to see, but we won't see that. You know what? You know what other females want that won't smoke all the smoke right now? And ain't nobody. I don't know nobody that can really give it to them. Who that? TLC. Who who would you put them up against though? Exactly. I'm making, I'm don't nobody don't nobody right want now. the smoke with TLC. Even with, I mean, you cause it, it, it would be almost like that baby face, uh, that baby face, called, uh, you know, what's it called? Like, uh, Teddy Riley, Teddy Riley, like, you know, like you close out, you can't, you can't stop waterfalls, you, you That's just stop waterfalls is over, it's done. <laughs> There's nobody that can do anything. I mean, scrubs, maybe, maybe FWV, but I don't think they have the, the catalog. Oh, oh, wait, well, you know, hold on now, no, they can't hold it. For, well, oh. Coco can go by herself. I'm saying they don't have the catalog to do a TLC. No smoke. They don't want no smoke. What about early Destiny's Childs when it was four of them? Nah, no, that's not fair. No smoke, bro. I don't know. That's not fair. But Nancy kicked everybody out the group. Yeah, she did everybody wrong. But that, nope. I I still say, nah, it's it's different. I Mm -hmm. I agree. Total would get, (laughs) total would get (laughs) Molly Wapped. Total would get destroyed. That Brandy song was begging and pleading. Begging and pleading, okay. Begging and pleading, I'll check it out. Man, yeah, then ain't nobody touching TLC, bro. You're right about that. I can't think of nobody that could actually even stand close to them, because all the other girl groups were clones of TLC. Were there no female groups in the back in the day that could that could run with them? I mean, well, nope, no, not as big as they were. Yeah, I'm trying to think who was back in that day. SWV. No. Uh, Escape could have could have been there if they yeah, wouldn't. Well, I, I'm, no, but they they're in our age group though. That's a different that's a different age group though. They got like oh, ten yeah. years on them. 
No, they, they really they don't have that many years on them though. No, man, they're the same. They're the same range. No, I mean like being in the game, being out. You know, as far as the quality of their, of their, of their team, I thought Escape was created because they were looking for a different sound than, than, than TLC, or something like that. If you one one or the other it was like TLC had that more kind of kind of hip hop bubbly quality, and then Escape came and they had more that kind of. I didn't think it's the same, hip-hop. but more, TLC more the greatest thing either. They could, they could, they could do almost anything. They got hip hop. They got, I mean, R and B. They could, they could do almost anything, man. Yeah, because like I said before, all the three LW, all the other girl groups were just clones of wannabe TLCs. Yeah. I would say it would be interesting with uh, Escape, but that's what four, still four people. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, they still. Hey, they. Everybody getting their hat handed to them from TLC. You have to put SWV against Escape. It's it's it's. Well, yeah, I can see that. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. Just to switch, switch gears on that, what do you think about Eight Ball and MJG? Oh boy. Versus UGK. I got Eight Ball and MJG all day. <laughs> I like UGK. You know. I like UGK too though. Space Age pimping. Mm. Yeah. All day. It's the, I mean, you and you got to add, got to add the, the uh, Bun B uh, solo in that too, mm. of course. Mm-hmm. Nah. I'm just saying, it's a hard one. To me, it's a hard one. I, I'm with you with, I'm with you as far as A Ball MJG go, but something in me pulls, pulls at Underground Kings for me. Really? Something, what would you say pull. if that was a uh, three six? Oh, then I'm going. I'm no. Then it's. Without a doubt, I'm rocking with eight ball and MJ. <laughs> no, so you go with we go with somebody. What about three six against UGK? Yeah. See that's that goes. They got hard. hits like fly till I die. Yeah, that's hard. That's man. hard. See, I would probably have to go with three six on that one. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. Yeah, but. It, I'm sorry. I'm I'm a ball and G guy. So <laughs> get that. A boy. I'm, I'm, that's I'm a big boy. boy. That's a big. That's a big boy. That's a big boy. Boy, hey, I I, I got a funny story about him, but I, I'm not gonna even uh, go there. <laughs> is is it appropriate? Do I have to put explicit when I upload it? It's, it's very it's very appropriate, but it's just it's just funny because we had a show with them. Uh, I think it was at Club Society when the Club Society was around. But I can't. I really can't say that story, man, because I don't want to say it. All right, no problem. Honestly. But it's funny. Can't it's tell funny. Everything. Can't tell everything. All right. <laughs> well, uh, hey, you guys ready to wrap this up today? We're wrapping, wrapping it up. All right. Let's do it. So, um, uh, let's do it. So, hey, everybody, thank you once again for checking us out today. Um, we are the good gurus. And um, any last words, fellas? Buy black and own everything. Buy black and own everything. Fenster. What about you, Neil? Uh, focus on your next steps. Support black business. Make networks. Get your mind right, man. Keep your mind right in this hard time. Right on, man. And uh, Brandon. Mm, stay safe. Keep your spirits up. Make sure your mental health is good. And don't don't give uh don't give these folks any quarter to hide in. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, And I'll just 
want to wrap a quote by James Baldwin. He was right when he said that to be black in America is to be in a constant rage uh, as we try to manage what's going on on a daily basis. Uh, we just wish you guys all to stay safe in quarantining and uh, try to find good, smart, safe ways to get out and enjoy yourself. And until next time, peace. When we talk, we collect the cars. Keep us in your thoughts. Fully dressed at the crack of dawn. Weapons heading off. I can hear them from the block. See them creeping through the fog.